What is going on, everyone? This is Connor, the co-host with the most, welcoming you back to another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about two big blockbuster trades that happened in the NFL over the past week. I'm sure you guys have probably heard of them involving some Packers and Texans players. So we're going to get into talking about those. And we're also going to get into some of our favorite and least favorite moves of free agency. Free agency is ongoing. Um, unfortunately for me, my picks have not been doing very good, but um, hopefully there's still time for it to get better. So we're going to get into that, see what we like and don't, and hope you guys enjoy the episode. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It's Eric, your reigning co-host here. Uh, could be ranting that I'm still in a hotel, but you know I'll get through that eventually <laughs> but uh, I'm recording in my amazing I'm still in the bathroom office that got mentioned last week but uh, still excited to get it going yeah so no Zach this week he is currently in Atlanta for work so it's just going to be the two of us for this episode we are going to go around the shield um, and get right into the first big trade of the week and that was the Green Bay Packers Superstar All-Pro receiver Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first and second round pick in this year's draft. And this definitely at the time when it came out was a very shocking move to me, especially since the Packers had just re-signed Aaron Rodgers on that long four-year record-breaking quarterback deal. You know, it seems like when it came out, it was all just like, man, the Green Bay Packers must just hate Aaron Rodgers. Like they signed him to this long-term deal and then immediately trade away his best weapon um but apparently rogers knew that this was going to be the case according to sources so doesn't seem like he's going to use this as like a reason to retire or anything but still seems like a very odd move it seems like Devonte adams did not want to play in green bay anymore apparently the packers offered him a lot of money and he turned it down um so it just seems interesting to me that they would that he would not want to play there and that they would do this. Eric, I don't know what you thought when this came up, but I was shocked. Like, it especially seemed like a poor move on the Packers part to trade him away. Yeah, I, I was shocked as well. I, I don't like the move for green Bay at all. I, I don't really feel like they're getting enough in return. I guess maybe they felt like they couldn't get more just because Adams is starting to age a little bit, but he's still, easily a top three wide receiver and arguably the best one in the whole league. So I, I felt like they didn't get enough compensation for him. And I guess for me too, like I'm just really surprised that Rogers would know about this and then still choose to stay in green Bay, because it seems like his whole thing has always been that he's felt like green Bay hasn't you know put enough weapons and enough help around him. And that's why one of the big reasons why he's always like threatened to leave or threatened to, that he was going to demand a trade and all this stuff. So like, I, I'm even just, I'm more surprised that even just with the whole move by the Packers, I'm more surprised that Aaron Rodgers chose to stay knowing that Devonte Adams was going to leave. I, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, it definitely seems like a strange choice. I mean, you're right. That's what his whole mantra had been like, Oh, surround me with weapons or I'll retire. And then it's like, okay, they go and trade, his number one weapon and now the best receiver on the green Bay Packers is Alan Lazard. I mean, that doesn't put fear into anyone. He's a, you know, number two receiver at best. So it just begs the question for me now. I mean, when they decide that they were going to bring back Rogers, like, okay, I think the Packers, you know, they could be super bowl contenders again this year. You know, Rogers is still playing at an MVP level. 
this really tempers down the expectations for me. I mean, it makes me even more confident that the Rams have a chance to repeat in the NFC championship because now the Packers to me look like they, I mean, I'm sure that they'll probably still win the division. I don't really see the Vikings or the bears being able to compete with them much, but you know, this really puts in, puts in my mind, like, you know, a potential first round playoff exit potentially for the green Bay Packers, or maybe they can get through the second round because they'll have that home playoff game. But I just don't see them being able to compete with the Rams. And especially now that the Buccaneers have Brady back and they're going to be, you know, they've signed a few free agents. Like, I don't know what your expectations are, but I'm thinking first or second round playoff exit at best. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking they'll probably finish somewhere around like the three or four seed. And then depending on who they get in the wild card matchup, maybe they win that game, but then, you know, then they'll lose to either the Bucks or the Rams would be my guess. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, we still have the, you know, they have these, they'll have two first and second round draft picks next year. So they could use those to try to get some young weapons. Uh, there's not really anybody left in free agency for the most part that's available. So I don't know if they try to bring in one of the few remaining guys, but I don't know, man. Like I still like a lot of the, pieces on the Packers I still like their running back tandem that they have I like a lot of their pieces on defense and things like that but I just don't know if they're going to have enough weapons to get it done like I I don't know I just I guess I just always thought the thing was they were they had Adams on the franchise tag just to make sure they could keep him for now and then after they secured Rodgers for long term that's when I figured they would then get Adams long term, but uh, yeah, that wasn't in his plan. And I guess he's always wanted to play for the Raiders. So I don't know, man. Definitely the AFC is definitely getting scarier and scarier by the day. I, every time you think it seems like they, the AFC as a conference can't get any better, it seems like something happens every day and it does, you know? Yeah, especially that AFC West over there. That's going to be a really, really hard division to predict because. I think, honestly, with the way that they're building teams out there, this could be the first time in NFL history, in my mind, that all four teams from the same division could make the postseason. Like, it's insane. The AFC West and the AFC North are loaded. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, sorry, AFC South and East, but there's... It's going to be wild in the AFC next year. But moving on from Devontae Adams and the Green Bay Packers to the other blockbuster trade that came over the weekend and that was the Houston Texans traded Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns which was not on a lot of people's minds a lot of people were thinking the Saints the Panthers the Falcons had come into the mix recently when they kind of pushed out one of Matt Ryan's like payments or bonuses or whatever to free up some cap space and all of a sudden the Browns after initially being told no were brought back into the fray and from what I heard it was mainly because the Browns were willing to give Deshaun Watson the contract that he wanted, and they were willing to give the financial compensation. The final compensation was Deshaun Watson and a 2024 fifth-round pick to Cleveland for a first-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year, a first-round pick the net year after, next year's third, and a 2024 fourth. So three first-round picks in total for Deshaun Watson and... He is now on the Cleveland Browns. In my mind, I don't know. Like, I know Deshaun Watson's a good talent, and he was a high-level quarterback before getting in 
to all of the legal nonsense that he's gotten into. But that just seems like way too much for a guy who's been out for a year and a guy who, you know, you don't know what he's going to be like when you come back. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me or not, Eric, but I think the Browns gave up too much, especially when like Baker Mayfield's obviously not the greatest, but you know, you at least have a quarterback there. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And also, as far as I know, Watson still could be suspended if, if that I don't know if that's fully true or not, but I, I feel like well, I, he, he heard, still, he still has to go through the league protocols and stuff or. Yeah, basically, he has no criminal uh, charges coming. So that's why all the trade talks started again. But he still has to go through civil cases and NFL investigations. Yeah. So, I mean, what if all that stuff happens and then he gets suspended for another six months to a year, then it it could be a th- this is a very, very high risk move for the Browns. I mean, if Watson doesn't face any suspensions at all, and if he's able to, you know, get back to his old form before he you know missed all of last year, then in my mind, it could be a win win for both teams. But if he doesn't overall, I, you know, as a Jags fan, I hate to say this, but overall, I feel like the Texans have won the trade. I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to have to wait, you know, several years before we truly know who wins it because it'll depend on how Watson plays and then it'll depend on how the, you know, draft how they use their the draft players, picks, that, you know, what Houston does with those picks and who they get for them. And, you know, so there, it's a long way to know, but just initially looking at it on paper, I'm giving the edge to the Texans just because now they're going to have, you know, two first round picks this year and two first round picks for the next two years after that. And then every other, and then also in those years, they'll have extra mid round picks as well. I mean, I don't know what's not to like about that. When you've got a guy that absolutely doesn't want to be on your team and you know, you have to get rid of them and you're able to get that for him like that. While obviously I'm sure they'd rather have Watson still like, since he doesn't want to be there and they knew it, like getting all that in return, I think is pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's crazy to me. I don't think we've ever seen a trade in NFL history, potentially. I mean, except for maybe the Herschel Walker trade. Um, but it's been a long time since we've seen any sort of trade that involved three first round picks. I mean, we've seen a lot of two first round pick trades, you know, for something like the Jalen Ramsey trade. And I think that was involved in, um, was that involved in the Von Miller trade or was that just one first round pick? I'm not um, sure. <laughs> I don't remember on that one. I think I think it was just one first, but the Matthew Stafford one was two first. Right, yeah, the and Stafford then, one. Uh, I was thinking of yeah. the Rams, you know, they like giving away first round picks. So Yeah, they they don't, they don't like those are just like candy to them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's just crazy. I I don't understand the compensation. I mean, in my mind, if Watson can come back and play like this, it does immediately escalate the Cleveland Browns. I don't know in my mind though, uh, even if Watson goes back to his original form, I'll see if you agree with me on this or not as well. I still don't know if this catapults them above the Cincinnati Bengals. Like it definitely puts them above the Ravens and the Steelers in my mind, but I don't know if that puts them above the Bengals. I, in my opinion, it doesn't, I don't know what you think about that. Um, I think it can, depending on, you know, I still feel like they need to get some more uh, receiver help. Uh, but at the same time, I think it can because I do also like the Amari Cooper trade for them. I mean, they basically got him for a piece of candy. 
and so with him and Watson together and their running game they have and the pieces they have on defense, I think it can. But the problem is, is just the AFC is just so loaded right now, even – you know, even in the with the AFC West, just how loaded that division is, and you know, you've got some of these other young quarterbacks and that got drafted last year that are Trevor Lawrence. You know, hopefully that are going <laughs> to step up and start getting better. You know, you never know what'll happen with Mac Jones and Zach Wilson too. I mean, this just you know, this is just a loaded division. I mean, just a loaded conference in general. And I I don't know if they will be able to get to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I do think they have a good chance. I mean, I guess really the best way to look at it is short-term win for the Browns, long-term win for the Texans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Browns clearly think that they're in win-now mode. So the last part of this that I want to touch on very briefly is obviously the elephant in the room, Baker Mayfield. You know, with the bringing in of Deshaun Watson, he's going to be the guy. Baker Mayfield is no longer the QB. He kind of hinted at it leading up to this, like he made a – kind of a cryptic Twitter post saying like, thank you to the Cleveland fans. And he actually did request a trade from the team, but they denied it because they originally thought that they were out of the Watson sweepstakes. But now that they got him, where does this put Baker Mayfield? Now there's definitely some teams in the AFC that need quarterbacks. You know, there's the Indianapolis Colts that still need a QB after trading Wentz to the commanders. There's the new Orleans saints. There's the Carolina Panthers. In my mind, Seahawks, yeah, the Seahawks. In my mind, I think that Baker Mayfield is going to end up going to the New Orleans. No, sorry, not New Orleans Saints. The I think he's going to go to the Seattle Seahawks because I think the Browns are going to want to trade him outside of the division. And I think the honestly, I think the Saints are going to get Jameis Winston back, which is why I'm not going to say them. So I think he goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, they traded right away Russell Wilson. They do have some stuff that they can give to the Browns because obviously the Browns need to get compensation back after this trade. But, you know, I'd say he's probably worth maybe like a third round pick at best. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but where do you think he's going to go out of all these teams that need quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I could see him going to the Seahawks. I I hope they don't trade him to the Colts. I'm like, can we just get like, I mean, Baker Mayfield's not an elite quarterback. We'll at least get somebody that's good into the nfc out of the afc please (laughs) (laughs) uh the seahawks i definitely think are possibilities um or the panthers maybe depending on you know what they might want to do uh i i could see either one of those moves happening but uh if i'm cleveland i would definitely go to seattle though just because of all the draft compensation they just got for russell wilson uh seattle is going to have the most if seattle wants baker mayfield they're going to have the most to be able to offer so if I'm Cleveland, like Seattle's GM is who I'm calling first and seeing what they would be willing to offer. Because like you said, they they just gave up a ton to get Watson. So uh, they need to get back what they can. I would say maybe a second round pick just because of the commanders giving up like two thirds or whatever it was for Carson Wentz. I think Baker Mayfield's better than Carson Wentz. Uh, but obviously he's not as good as Watson or Russell Wilson. So I would say like a, maybe a second and a third or something like that, but um, that's just rough guessing. But I put, say, a little bit higher than that, but that's where I'm looking at to go if I'm the Browns. Is I'm calling Seattle. All right, so we're in agreement that Seattle is the place that Baker Mayfield could potentially go. So now back to free agency news. We're going to kind of briefly touch on 
some of the moves that our teams made first. And I'll just briefly talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, sort of what I liked, what I didn't like. If I have to go with what I don't like, the obvious one here is I cannot believe that we went out and signed Mitchell Trubisky. Like, you love it, man. You love it. Dude, when I (laughs) got that notification on my phone, I was like, out of all the quarterbacks out there, you know, in the draft, in free agency, even on the roster, like, we go out and sign Mitchell Trubisky to be the Ben Roethlisberger heir apparent. I mean, I'm not sure what he's done in the past, you know, five seasons or so that's made you think that he can be a starting quarterback, but, you know, maybe he, playing he under... Won the Nickel- he won the Nickelodeon award. He was. He was the Nickelodeon player <laughs> of the game or something. He's an MVP. Even though they lost. <laughs> yeah, even though they lost the game, so... I mean, who knows? Maybe they see something in him. I don't see anything in him. I hope for everything that is good and holy that the Steelers will still draft a quarterback come draft time. Like if it gets down to us and there's a guy like Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis available, I sure hope that we draft them because um, I don't like this whatsoever. They they also kind of like re-signed Dwayne Haskins a little bit, which that also kind of puzzled me. I don't know why they just didn't let him go. If you're going to bring in Trubisky, like, I don't know. It's leading me more towards that. I don't know if they're going to draft a quarterback and that's really bothering me. <laughs> because... I would think they have to, man. I, I think, cause they didn't pay. It's not like they paid Mitch Trubisky, like starting money or anything. I think what they're doing is they want to bring him in just in case if, you know, a quarterback that they like in the draft gets taken before they get a chance or if they're not able to trade up or something. That way they at least have something at quarterback that's not Mason Rudolph. Yeah. And then, then, but the plan then is to draft somebody and then maybe Trubisky starts the first, like, three three or four games or something while the rookie learns the system and gets more comfortable and then, you know, and then when the rookie's ready, then he takes over for Mitch. I, that That's my guess. Yeah, so that grade, I would have to definitely give a D minus. I won't give it an F, but I'll give it a D minus for signing Mitch Trubisky. The other two moves, though, that I like about the Steelers was going out and signing Levi Wallace. I thought that was a good signing. We definitely needed to get some cornerback help. And honestly, Levi Wallace, he's not the greatest corner in the world, but he was a part of that Buffalo Bills defense last year. Apparently, we just like signing Buffalo Bills players. Um, (laughs) So, you know, he was a part of that Bills defense. And honestly, with the way with how good our pass rush is with Highsmith and TJ Watt and Cam Hayward, we really just kind of need a serviceable secondary. We don't really need a whole lot of all pros back there. So I don't mind not going out and trying to get like, you know, someone like Charvarius Ward or Darius Williams or JC Jackson. Like I'm okay with getting a guy like Levi Wallace there, you know, just someone who can hold down the fort. But so I'll give that move like a B, I guess. And then my favorite signing, which much to the chagrin, I think of Eric and Zach was the Jaguars went out and released miles Jack and the Steelers (laughs) picked him up real quickly and signed him to a two year deal. That I give that move an A plus. I mean, we really need a good linebacker to sit in the middle. We immediately released Joe Schobert after that because um, Devin Bush has been a, a disappointment. You know, our run defense was a big problem last year. So I really like the Miles Jack signing for the Steelers. I give that an A plus. Um, so overall, I guess so far for the Steelers, I'll give them like 
a B minus. So, you know, good on the Miles Jack and the Levi Wallace, but really bad on the Trubisky. Um, but let me know what do you think your feelings are, Eric, on how the Jaguars offseason has gone so far. Yeah, I'll definitely be curious to see if Zach agrees with me here, because I know him and I have talked a little bit about this, but we haven't given like grades or anything. But I want to give what the Jaguars have done so far overall a B. Uh, cutting Miles Jack was definitely an F, though. I was very upset about that. <laughs> we brought in a linebacker. For that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, you know. Uh, but we, uh, <laughs> yeah, Tyson Alawalu, like, oh, everybody. <laughs> anyway, sorry, all, all you can do is laugh sometimes. But because um, they brought in a linebacker from Atlanta, I cannot remember how to pronounce his name, Foy Olakabuam. So I'm sorry, Falcons fans, I did not, I know I got that wrong, but he seems to be similar to Miles Jack and how he plays. Uh, He's a speedster that can, you know, roam the field and, you know, cover ground quickly and play in coverage and stuff like that. But I feel like that's what Miles Jack does already. So I don't really know why they cut him and brought in this guy when, I mean, I know we have new coaching staff and everything, but why not keep somebody that's familiar with the team that's young and still pretty good? I don't really understand that. And my Miles Jack jersey is useless now, so I don't like that either. But, uh, but grading the actual signings, uh, the Christian Kirk signing, I'm going to give a B. I feel like people are getting way too worked up about that one. Cause I know on paper it looks bad, but basically if you break the contract down, it's more like a two year, 30 something million dollar deal. And then they can get out of it after that. So if he comes in and just totally sucks, we can get rid of him after the second year, no penalty. So it's not as bad as it looks. So I I like the signing. I think he, we talked about in the last episode, like it felt like he was an underrated wide receiver going into free agency. So I like him. Um, and then, uh, God, I'm in my bathroom off. So I don't, can't remember his name. The, the offensive lineman we brought in. I know I, I talked about him. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I was, th- I was thinking like Schwartz or something. I was like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he might have been an overpay as well. Jacksonville seems to love to overpay guards. Uh, we did it with Zane Beatles, and then we did it with Andrew Norwell a few years ago. But um, as long as he can stay healthy, though, like I think he'll be a great piece for us. Our offensive line needs a lot of help. So uh, as long as he can stay healthy, I'm okay with that move. Um, so, I mean, overall, I feel like the Jaguars definitely spent a lot of money, but I also like the Darius Williams move. I think that one is a little more of an underrated move um, between him and Shaq Griffin and our young guy, Tyson Campbell, like our corners are shaping up to be pretty good next year. Like we're finally going to have like some strengths on the team. So that will be nice. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like how our secondary is looking going into next year. So uh, I'm happy about that. So like I said, I didn't like the miles Jack cutting and um some of these other free agents they brought in, I felt like were overpays. But you know, when you're a team that's been in the bottom for a while, like the Jags, you do have to overpay. So I don't hate that as much as most people. So I'm going to give it a B. I'll, Zach, let me know what you think. I'll be curious. So given the offseason of B so far, where do you stand on the Trent Balky? Uh, resign or no resign after this uh, offseason or the oh, offseason moves you've made so far? He still needs to resign. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just making sure. Yeah. 
maybe I don't hate him as much, but I'm still I'm, I'm still not loving. I, I'm, maybe if he can have a solid draft, I'll change my mind. But I'm at least Unlikely. glad they went aggressive and you know didn't like just not bring in anybody. So I, I give I give him credit for that. But uh, he's still got a lot of work to do if he's going to win me back over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. We talked about our teams. Um, seems like we're mostly happy with our offseason so far. Um, but now we're going to go to, to close the episode out, we're going to go with one move each that we think was good, one move we didn't like, and one move that really surprised us. So I will go first with my move that I really liked. And the move that I really liked so far in the signings was Allen Robinson going to the L.A. Rams. You know, initially when we made our picks, I had him going to the Colts. I had the Rams bringing back Odell Beckham Jr. But I think this is a really good move. You know, Allen Robinson struggled last year, but he's still a really talented receiver. And I think it's going to be good for him in L.A. that there's not going to be the expectation on him to be the number one receiver since they already have Cooper Cup. So he can kind of still be there. He can play his game, not expect to be the number one. He's probably going to get a lot of touches since a lot of teams are going to be doubling Cooper Cup now. He's a really dominant receiver, and the Rams, I think, were able to do good here because they were able to sign him and because they were able to trade Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans. Um, that was probably the big key for me why I like this. If they still weren't able to trade Robert Woods, I would have not liked this as much, um, given that they were still saying – they still say that they're committed to try and bring back Odell as well, which, you know, if they had tried to go and do something where – you know, they signed Robinson and signed Odell and didn't trade Robert Woods. That would have been really bad, but they traded Robert Woods. I like this for the Rams. Gives them another piece on offense to go with uh, that offense they have. They also extended Matthew Stafford. So I'm curious to see, did you like this pick uh, of Allen Robinson to the Rams, Eric? Oh, yeah. I think it's a great move for them. I, he, like you said, him not having to draw double teams and, and plus he actually has a good quarterback throwing the ball to him now, which he hasn't had his whole entire career. <laughs> Blake Bortles, you know, uh, <laughs> what well, he's so, the goat, Eric, what are you talking about? He's the boat. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So I, I, I like this for him a lot. I, I definitely expect a resurgence from him this year. All right. So Eric, why don't you go ahead and give us your good move? Yeah, my good move is also going to be a wide receiver. Uh, unfortunately, he's leaving my team, but that's going to be DJ Chart going to the Detroit Lions. I think this is a perfect deal for the Lions because, you know, the Lions are a similar team to the Jags in the sense that it can be hard to bring in free agents. But they didn't go out and overpay for him. They got him on a one-year deal. It was worth about $12 million, I believe. So I, I think it's perfect for both sides here because – if DJ Chark does come in and have a great year, then the Lions will have a good opportunity to sign him to a long-term extension. And then if he doesn't work out, then they can just let him go, no problem. And it's perfect for DJ Chark, too, just because he's getting another chance, but he's still going to make a decent amount of money while doing it. And because he's been injury prone, so he has the potential, but he just has to stay healthy and show it. So, uh, and he'll get a lot of targets down in Detroit there, and since especially since they play from behind a lot, he'll he'll be heavily involved. I think so. It's a good deal, I think, for both sides. That's why I picked that one. All right. So then moving on to a move that we thought was bad. Now, this one is not actually on our slides because we talked about this guy though. Zach and I did uh, the previous week when we did our episode before the tag deadline, and that is going to be Chris Godwin and. 
It's not that I don't like that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers brought him back. It's the fact that I don't like they brought him back on the deal they brought him back. So the deal he got is a three-year, $60 million deal. So basically, he's going to be making $20 million a year. And to me, it's just like, okay, he's a good receiver. You know, there's no doubting that. And obviously, he has chemistry with the team. He's got chemistry with Tom Brady. But wide receivers historically have not looked like their old selves when they come off of ACL injuries. And Chris Godwin's coming off a pretty bad ACL injury that kept him out the whole season. And it just seems to me like, again, uh, Zach and I talked about this, how when they tagged him or the potential that they were going to tag him because they hadn't officially tagged him when we talked about it, that it seemed like that they could have gotten him back on a much cheaper deal. And that's what I'm going to say here again, too. Like, I think they could have gotten him back for a much cheaper deal or, you know, they could have gone out and got someone like if they wanted to pay a receiver $60 million a year, they could have gone out and gotten someone like Allen Robinson or maybe tried to go out and get Odell Beckham or someone like that who's not, I mean, but Beckham's also coming off of a serious injury or maybe they could have, you know, done something other than give $60 million to Chris Godwin. Because like I said, I think they could have easily given that to someone else or maybe even gotten Godwin back for sort of around like the 12 million range, kind of like what DJ Chark is going to be making. So seems a bit odd to me. I don't know how you feel about it, Eric, but I think it was a bit of an overpay, especially when the Buccaneers already have some other weapons going down there. You know, they still have Mike Evans with the fact that Brady's coming back. Gronk is likely going to be, you know, returning to the team. They got all those guys. So and they brought in Russell Gage, too. Um, So what do you think? Do you think this is an overpay or do you think it's going to work out in the end? It might be a little bit of an overpay, but I don't hate this one as much as you do simply just because of the amount of years overall. I don't think three years is too bad, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have a similar deal like Jacksonville's with Christian Kirk's where they can get out of it after a couple of years. I haven't looked into the structure of that contract, but that that's one where I wouldn't be surprised with the injury if they have a you know opt-out ability after the first couple of seasons. So I don't hate it as much, um, but I, I do agree that it is a little bit of an overpay, so I don't. But like, so I don't hate it as much as you, but I, you know, it's definitely not one where I'm like totally opposite where I'm like, Oh, I love the move. I, I'm just kind <laughs> yeah, of good on you. Tampa. Kind of, yeah. I, like, I'm not like, Oh, that's an A, but so I'm just kind of indifferent, I guess I'd give it like a C grade would be my, my deal on that one. All right, Eric, why don't you tell us about what bad move you think was made? Yeah, so this one wasn't exactly a free agent signing, but it you know happened during the free agency period, and that's going to be the uh, Washington Commanders trading for Carson Wentz. And it's not exactly that they traded for him that I hate, because they were really needing help desperately at quarterback, but my problem is, is what they gave up to get him, and... Also, just the fact that they're taking on the whole contract. Like, now Carson Wentz is better than Brock Osweiler, but I remember when the Texans traded Brock Osweiler, like, they had to give the Browns a second-round pick to take him. And while Carson Wentz isn't as bad as him, just with how bad his contract is, I figured that either A if a team was going to trade for him and give up draft picks that they wouldn't have to take on the whole contract as a return or that they would have to trade very little to 
obtain him. But giving up multiple third-round picks and having to take on the full contract, I think, is pretty bad. I mean, if I don't know, like, say, like, if I was playing this on Madden or something and I was just and I was doing a franchise with the Colts, and I was like, oh, let me see what I can get for Carson Wentz, and, like, some team offered me two-thirds, I'd be like, okay, deal, like, I mean, I'm not even even trying to negotiate a higher deal, I'm like, okay, done, like, I'll take that deal, you know what I mean? I I don't know if you feel the same way about me on this. Yeah, I mean, I just, it kind of baffles me, like, I know teams are desperate for quarterbacks, but, again, this kind of seems to me like a very similar situation in some ways to the Mitchell Trubisky, and just sort of that like, what has he done that makes you think that he's worth this, you know, investment or, you know, especially for Wentz, especially like at least for Trubisky, it's kind of it's just like a two year deal. And I know they're probably not paying him much, but for Wentz, like to give up that compensation for him, I mean, he seemed like he was actively trying to lose games for the Colts last year. And now all of a sudden you want to give up this compensation for him as your quarterback. Like, I don't understand yeah, it either. I, I don't get it, dude. I mean, he had just made some terrible decisions and th- and this was a guy that played on a team that had while the o-line wasn't the best at pass protecting he had a great run blocking o-line he had the best like second best running back in the nfl last year you know besides derrick henry and a really good defense and he still didn't get the playoffs so <laughs> because because they lost to the jaguars <laughs> yeah they got blown out by the jaguars in the final game of the season which just shocked me and i was happy about it obviously but i was shocked though i did not see that coming at all zach did because the jags always beat the colts at home for some reason but i was like no this is a different team we're trash like the colts are fighting for the playoffs i mean they're gonna kill us and we (laughs) killed them it was crazy but so washington who's more of a rebuilding team i don't know what they see in him where they're like yeah we're going places with this guy like I mean, their division's still pretty bad overall, and, you know, the Cowboys lost some pieces, and uh, I don't know if they fully got enough back for what they've lost, and, you know, the Eagles and Giants haven't done a whole lot, so, I mean, maybe they have a remote chance to win the division, but it's only just because of how bad the division is. I don't see them getting anywhere realistically with him. No, I don't see them winning the division. I don't. I actually kind of give them like zero chance to win the division with him. Um, I, I just had a mo- slight chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but moving on, finally to our most surprising pick or pickup or move during the off season, and for me, that is definitely easily going to be Von Miller going on a six-year, one hundred twenty million dollar deal to the Buffalo Bills. Now, if it wasn't for the fact that Von Miller like I think is still really good. I probably would have called this my bad move, but I do think it's a good move for the bills just because like the bills are a hundred percent in win now mode. You know, they've got the pieces, Josh Allen, you know, he kind of struggled in the middle of the season last year, but he kind of refound that MVP form near the latter half of the season. He went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes at the playoffs. You know, they have a good receiving core with Stefan Diggs. Um, Zach there, you know, they have a solid run game, a solid O-line, a really good defense. Like, the Bills, they're in win-now mode. And I think Von Miller brings a really good piece. You know, they were still kind of missing that pass-rushing aspect of their defense. You know, Gregory Rousseau really turned out to be better as the season went on. Like, he still wasn't really great or anything, but he was definitely good at getting to the quarterback and putting pressure. But Von Miller now gives an elite pass-rushing defender on the Bills gives that really elite secondary uh, the time it needs because, honestly, in my mind, 
if the Bills, and I said this last year, I think too, like if they can consistently get to the quarterback, I don't see how any team's going to be able to score on them because in my mind, they still have probably one of, if not the best secondaries in the league. You know, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde are all pro bowlers. And if you got a guy like Von Miller that's going to rack up, you know, double digit sacks and Gregory Rousseau is going to get, you know, continue to develop and maybe he can get double digit sacks like this Bill's defense is going to be unbeatable. So I like the move definitely for the short term. Seems like in the long run, it's going to screw them. But, you know, who knows? Maybe like Eric said, they could have structured it some way to where they're paying him a lot like the first three years and then they can kind of try to get out of it a little bit later. But um, definitely surprising. I thought he was going to either go back to the Rams or he made some tweets about wanting to go back to Denver. So that was the biggest shock for me. Eric, what was the biggest shock for you during the offseason so far? Um, dude, I actually forgot what mine was. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Yeah, I have an <laughs> office here. So, um, oh, the Randy Gregory move. That's what it was. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, <laughs> just because it seemed like it was a done deal that he was going back to Dallas and. I know uh, Zach and I predicted that Connor had him going uh, to the Jets, but Zach and I thought it was a lock that he was going to stay in Dallas. And I thought it made sense just because with all the troubled past he's had and everything, Dallas was the team, you know, they kept him. They could have easily let him go, but they kept him and, you know, gave him multiple chances. So I thought for sure he would stay there. And I guess he had come to an agreement with them, but then I guess there was some language, like offset language he didn't like in the contract. And so Denver gave him what he wanted, and he, you know, jumped ship and went and signed there. Um, the same, the same deal, but none of that language in the contract. <laughs> yeah, it was the same. Money wise, it was exactly the same. I'm pretty sure, but he there was the offset language that he wanted was that Dallas wouldn't provide. Denver did so, because um, I think it was something like if he were to, you know, get suspended or get cut or something like how much would he lose or not gain or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but. Um, but yeah, honestly though, I don't really like the move for Denver. I get that they're trying to win now since they brought in Russell Wilson and, you know, they're getting really aggressive, but again, one, the AFC is just so loaded and two, I don't really know how great Randy Gregory really is. Like he's had some good games, but I remember like, especially in that 49ers game in the playoff, I think he had like two or three penalties in that game, like two, like two offsides penalties and at really bad times, like. I don't know. I, I I honestly think it's better for Dallas to not have him there. Like, you know, you still have Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons you can have as your primary pass rushers. So I think it's actually better for Dallas to save that money and then that they can do something else with it. But um, I'll uh, ask I'll ask you if you agree on that and then let you give like any final thoughts. Yeah, I definitely like the move better for Dallas. I do agree. Like, I know it's kind of always good to bring back guys that you know, but I'm kind of in the same boat as you as to where, like, I question how good he actually is when he was playing on that defense last year that had a lot of other good pieces. So it's really going to be one of those things now that, you know, he's really going to have to step up. And while Denver does have Bradley Chubb as well on the other side, Bradley Chubb has been really injury prone. So it's pretty likely at some point in the year, Randy Gregory is going to have to be the number one pass rushing guy in Denver. And I just don't think he's going to be able to get it done. I mean, it's one of those things that I, I like that Denver, like I said, I appreciate what they're trying to do. Like you said, they're in win-now mode with Russell Wilson. But to me, even with the Russell Wilson move and you know some of the other moves that they've made, they're still the worst team in that division in my mind. So 
it's definitely you know a little bit of a head scratcher in my mind um but you know you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do and try to do what you can to win so i appreciate it for denver but i like the move better for dallas um but i think that's gonna be it for this episode thank you guys so much for listening make sure to follow us on twitter at clutch crew sport and on youtube subscribe to the clutch crew sports youtube channel we are going to be coming back next week with another edition of Sports Jeopardy hosted by moi. You know, I gave up my title in the last uh, at the end of the last time so I could host again. So I'm really excited to do that. And I'm really excited who's going to be the uh, champion versus champion that I'm going to have to face in the next episode of Sports Jeopardy. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Leave any questions below on the in the comments or on Twitter if you want us to cover them in a future episode. And as always, guys, for Zach, be clutch.